Hello and welcome to the High Maintenance Hippie Podcast. This is your host, Ashley from Ashley Taylor Wellness. On this podcast, we talk about all things beauty, health, wellness, and optimization. Being a high maintenance hippie represents not being boxed in, as I strongly believe that one size does not fit all. I'm a nurse turned coach and I have learned so much about both conventional and alternative options and I want to help you expand your options. I'm here to inspire you to learn new ways to improve your quality of life and to take your power back. I'm so excited that you're here, so let's get started. I wanted to give a shout out to Citrine. I love the store. I'm sure you've heard me rave about it, but it's a high maintenance hippies dream store. All things clean skincare and beauty, some of my favorite lines, and they have been extremely generous and normally... The discount code on their website just works for the first order, but they've given me my own discount code, Ashley Taylor Wellness, and it works on all orders. So you can check that out, and it includes every single brand with the exception of Therabody, Vintner's Daughter, and Kipris. Everything else you get 10% off. They have amazing promos all the time. And one product I wanted to mention today is Suntegrity, and they make a zinc oxide sunscreen, specifically broad spectrum SPF 30, UVA, UVB, non-nano zinc oxide protection. It's very important if we're gonna be outside in the sun all day, never let yourself burn, and not all sunscreens are created equally, and this is one of my favorites, so check it out, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the High Maintenance Hippie Podcast. Today's topic is something that I'm very excited to share about, and it is that I just celebrated my six-year anniversary of being Adderall free. As always, just because something is not right for me, I'm not saying that it's not right for you or wrong for you to take. I'm always going to take the stance of weigh your pros and cons, make an educated and informed decision, and it's your decision to make. So I have to say that of all the things that I've ever tried, and been prescribed, this medication was the hardest to give up. It really was. So in the beginning, I was a teen, I took it, and I found that I could focus. I did not have as much social anxiety. Um, It didn't even really make me feel jacked up. I actually felt calmer and more focused. And then I would say in college, you know, my dose went up because I was studying more and my body got used to it. And I'm not a big girl and I was taking 40 milligrams a day and it was just, it was a lot. So what have I learned from that? And why did I stop taking it? Well, what I learned was that it eventually, all the things that it did for me, it eventually had the opposite effect. So let's say it made me more outgoing. I found that it was harder to connect with people. It gave me more energy. And then towards the end, I just felt exhausted and depleted all the time, even if I took the medication. It suppressed my appetite, which I will be totally honest, as a teen and you know in my early 20s, I wasn't mad about that, but I completely destroyed my health by not nourishing my body. So it was very easy for me to hit the override button on sleep and on nutrition and a lot of different things. I did have some friends that didn't love that I took it and they tried to tell me about some of the side effects, but I'm extremely stubborn didn't want to hear it and I was going to do what was right for me. I'm a very smart girl. Before I took this medication, I got straight A's in school. Yeah, it did make it easier for me and I was diagnosed with ADD. Now we call it ADHD. And sometimes I can be a little difficult to follow. You might notice that on some podcasts, but I mean, I eventually make my point. 
and I do my best to be as concise as possible, but I'm learning and I'm growing still. It was, it was a rough ride. In the beginning, like I said, I felt like it was easier to maintain my weight and that's not a reason to take Adderall. It's not a reason to take Adderall. I found myself just very irritable. It was hard to shut off at night. So I had to take something to help me sleep and it wasn't serving me. And I knew that, but towards the end could barely even focus while I was taking it. And I'm like, how could I survive with less focus than I already have? So what goes up must come down. And I'm not saying that my experience is the same as everyone else's, but there came a point in, I'd say 2017, six years ago, it was June 11th. I just remember taking a pill and I made a promise to myself that I was never gonna take it again, never. I told my boyfriend and I said, if I ever try to justify it or anything like that, please don't believe me. Because this medication had such a power over me and I didn't like who I became. Now with that said, before that, I worked night shift for many years and I literally don't know how people do it. I am not a night person, I'm a morning person. So I was responsible for human lives and night shift was the only position available to me at that time. And Adderall did help me stay awake. But even with that, my body was still like, just, I couldn't, I couldn't hang. So I had, you know, like a pot of coffee a day and just, it was not healthy. Also being on an opposite schedule of the sun, not living a circadian lifestyle, all of these things affected me. I'm not here to shame anyone that takes Adderall, but here's what I learned from trying to get to the root causes of why I struggled with focus to begin with. Okay, sleep. If we are not sleeping, how are we gonna be able to focus? So like I said, I would hit the override button with my sleep. I'd probably sleep about six or so hours. I wish I would have had an aura ring back then and I could have seen what was happening, including how it increases heart rate, what my heart rate variability would have looked like, but I didn't have one back then. So sleep is essential. And if you're not able to sleep, there's so much that we can do. Bright lights and screens before bed, watching murder shows or stimulating shows before bed, that's not gonna help us. So sleep and nutrition were two of the biggest thing. And when I say nutrition, you know, you go to the doctor and they say, eat a healthy diet. But like, what does that even mean? Even in the health community, it seems that on Instagram, just on social media and online, Everyone has a different opinion about that. What I strongly believe is that you cannot eliminate an entire macronutrient, meaning fats, carbs, and protein. So some people you know, go on this keto diet and they eliminate all carbs, not healthy, not healthy for us. Perhaps a time and a place, maybe if you have epilepsy or there might be certain situations where that's appropriate and your doctor can talk to you about that. But for me to not eat, balanced meals for years caught up with me. So what would happen is I wouldn't eat all day and then at night I would crash and all I wanted was sugar. It's like I had no appetite and then I was like, sugar. And that is not good for my brain health. It's not great for aging. It increases the rate of glycation, which is a naturally occurring process that happens. But yeah, sleep and nutrition are huge. So, I try to have about a third of each, a third of protein, fat, and carbs at every meal, maybe a little bit more protein, and balancing my blood sugar has been very helpful for my mood, energy, and focus. So that's something that I am very passionate about. I teach my clients about it, and a tool that helped me with that, and I would consider this to be optimization, would be a CGM. 
Nutrisense is a company that makes one and I do have a discount code for the first month, which is Ashley Taylor Wellness. That one month of data was so powerful because I was having these energy dips and crashes. And then when I could see it, you know, and test my blood sugar, I'm like, my blood sugar's low. No wonder I feel anxious and I can't focus and all that. So balancing blood sugar, proper nutrition, sleep. As far as supplements, B and C vitamins are very important. Also iron, zinc, and copper levels. That's not routinely tested. I would say iron is, but zinc and copper, not so much. And what I've learned as I've gotten more into the functional medicine space is it's not just about one nutrient, it's about how they all work together. Magnesium, we know that most people are deficient in magnesium. You can take a supplement, there are all different kinds, but I really love an Epsom salt bath, I really do. And that almost makes me feel like I took drugs in a healthy way and I put several cups of Epsom salt in a bath and just I get out and I feel just so at peace. I will say I was addicted to being busy and I never wanted to slow down because then I would have to feel my feelings. Just relaxing is a practice and sometimes we don't want to do that because we believe it makes us lazy or we might feel something that we want to avoid. So busyness is a distraction for sure. Melatonin is another really important nutrient, uh, antioxidant as well. And I'm not saying that you need to supplement that, but what is interesting is that our lifestyle can make a big difference in our own melatonin production. For example, if you are in front of a lot of screens or fluorescent lighting or you know blue light, junk light before bed especially, that is going to interfere with our melatonin production and interfere with our sleep. It's not necessarily that you need to supplement. Once again, just do you need to remove the screens? Would adding some blue blocker glasses be helpful? I use raw optics, they're my favorite. I've tried many companies. Not only are they cute, but they actually work and you can put them, especially the uh, nighttime ones, in front of a light that's blue and it looks like the light's off. So not all blue blockers are created equally. Red light is another thing that is really important for mitochondrial support. How am I gonna focus if my cells don't have energy? Also, my doctor educated me on why proper fats were important. I don't believe fat makes you fat. I believe that when our bodies are overloaded, when our bodies are in survival mode, and when we're, our hormones are off and we're metabolically unhealthy, it's gonna be harder to lose weight. So I do not think calories in, calories out is everything to weight loss at all, but we need proper fats from our diet. And there are some fats and oils that are healthier than others. What I've learned is to stick with butter, avocado oil, coconut oil, although that makes your food taste like coconut, and really reducing oils like canola oil, actually eliminating canola oil and ones that have higher omega-6 content. We need omega-6 in the diet, but the ratio that the ratio in which we consume it compared to omega-3s is not like it used to be. So we're having way more omega-6s. We need them, but it's about that balance. So proper fats in our diet for our cell membrane. Otherwise, it's difficult for the cell to release things in and out. I didn't really know that. And micronutrient panel testing was very helpful. That is something that I did at my integrative doctor's office as well as my naturopathic doctor's office. I've done it pretty much every year. And that allowed me to figure out what I needed to be supplementing. I didn't realize that I was like majorly deficient in B vitamins, which also affects our mood, our ability to produce serotonin and just have the liver do its job. And so 
So many people are taking supplements they don't actually need because they read about it online. So that's where functional lab testing and lab testing is really great because then you can find out what's right for you. I say all the time one size doesn't fit all. It's about finding out what's right for the individual. So I could then figure out how to best support my neurotransmitters once I knew what nutrients my body needed. Not only is it important to have high quality nutrition, but how we're eating and the state in which we're eating is important. And what I mean by that is, let's say I'm in the hospital and I'm in the break room and there are alarms, beep, beep, and people coming in and out and it's just so stressful. The body's either in fight or flight or rest and digest. It's actually more like rest or digest, but for, for what we're discussing right now, fight or flight, rest and digest. So your body's got to prioritize. Do I want to run from the tiger or do I want to digest my food? It's always going to prioritize safety. So if your body is in this tense state and you have all this stimuli or you're watching something that's really stressful, it can impair with our body's ability to digest. And so what happens when we're in fight or flight is the blood leaves the stomach and the digestive tract and goes to our arms and legs once again, because it thinks that we need to run from a tiger or some sort of danger. So something simple that we can do, let's say you're eating the healthiest diet ever and you found out what's right for you. Once again, how we're eating is just important. A simple breathing exercise that you can do is to breathe in for four, so in, and then out for eight, And if you do that enough times, when our exhale is longer than the inhale, it signals to our nervous system that we're safe. And then the body will be able to better digest food. So that's one thing. Another would be chewing our food. I would inhale my food. And then I'm wondering, you know, I'm spending all this money on clean organic food, but if I'm not getting the right nutrients from it, well, I love the saying, our stomach doesn't have teeth. So we have to, to start chewing. Digestion begins in the mouth. I also found out from some of my testing that I would benefit from digestive enzymes and that has helped as well. Liver support. If our body is full of toxins, it's going to be really hard to feel clear mentally. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you what that looks like for you, but based on some genetic testing that I did, my doctor recommended that I do a liver cleanse four times a year. I will be honest and say that I haven't kept up with that. I do other things for the liver, but it's definitely something for me to start implementing now that I'm actually mentioning it out loud. And as I mentioned, sleep, deep sleep is really important. And that's where something like the aura ring can be so helpful because we have something called the glymphatic system in our brain. We all know about the lymphatic system in the body, but in the brain, we have the glymphatic system. And during deep sleep, that's when these toxins and plaques from the brain are essentially able to drain out. But if we don't have enough deep sleep, then our body is not able to do that. Another hack that people do is to sleep on a bed that's on an incline. So my bed is 3% incline. You can even go on Amazon. They make these risers that go under the headboard and that can help with the facilitation of that drainage while sleeping. Once again, aura ring. It's going to be able to tell you how much sleep you're getting, the quality of sleep that you're getting. It's very important. So if you're not waking up feeling rested, why? What's going on? How's your sleep? And that's one of the first things that I always work on with my clients as far as lifestyle. And then minimizing sugar. I mean, the blood sugar roller coaster is real and we have sugar and then we have all this energy and we crash. When my blood sugar is low, 
I am irritable, I can't focus, I have a headache, I'm sweaty, it's not good. So minimizing processed sugar. I don't think we should be afraid of fruit. I think all foods are going to affect us differently, which is where bioindividuality comes back in. So like I said, I love a CGM, I love micronutrient panel testing, and just things that are gonna help you figure out what's right for your body. Because we're all different, we're all different. We all need the basic nutrients, but the actual foods, like we all need um, vegetables, for example, but some vegetables might be harmful for some and amazing for others. We know that cruciferous vegetables are great for the liver, but that doesn't mean everyone will do well with them. So just because there are benefits to certain foods, we really need to see the feedback from our body about how the food is affecting us and if it's properly nourishing us. Uh, this is a big one. So not using the phone first 30 minutes of the day. I think most people are guilty of this, myself included, but when I don't, I do challenges on Instagram every once in a while. If you can go outside before looking at your phone, it's so important, one, for our hormones and circadian rhythm, two, because think about it, if you're going on Instagram and you're looking at all these different videos of you know, something happy, something sad, something stimulating, it's, it's so much for your brain and it sets the tone for the day. And you might also see something that's a little triggering or doesn't make you feel good and you're gonna carry that. So when I am intentionally spending the first 30 minutes of my day, I find that I have more focus, I'm in a better mood, and I just feel better. And even if it's dark outside when you wake up, okay, then when the sun rises, go outside. Great. Um, so one thing that I'll talk more about, and I have a great episode with Matt Maruka from Raw Optics talking about a circadian lifestyle, but that is something that's free. You know, never let yourself burn. I'm talking morning sun. And there usually is not any UV. I mean, it's different every time, everywhere, but where I am, you can check even on weather apps and things like that. There's no UV until 9 a.m. And it doesn't matter if it's a cloudy day, it's just about getting that full spectrum daylight in our eyes. It's signaling to our body that it's morning and we're just so out of touch with nature. So I will say that my memory, focus, and concentration were the worst when I was on night shift. I mean, not even Adderall could help me with that. And I'm so grateful for the nurses and the doctors and the people who are able to do that. I'm not one of them, no way. So how we're spending the first 30 minutes sets the tone for the day. Uh, meditation, this is a practice. Once again, like the more that I became used to multitasking and doing all these different things, the harder it was for me to slow down and to focus. And I was kind of hard to follow when I spoke. So again, I'm still working on it. I'll be totally real about that. So meditation, people will say, and I've said, I can't meditate. My brain doesn't shut off. Great, that's even more of a sign that that's something we would benefit from. If we cannot just be with ourselves, something to look into. And eventually it gets easier. I wouldn't recommend starting with an hour meditation, maybe five minutes. And something that you can do is just focus on your, your breathing. Once again, easy peasy, in for four, out for eight. And if you do that maybe 10 times, see if you notice a shift in how you're feeling. I always put my hand on my chest and my belly so that I can you know, feel my belly rise. And we wanna take deep breaths. So our state makes a big difference. Um, so if we're just stressed out, running around, it's just, it's harder to focus and to be grounded. I also really love a brain tap. That is a tool that I use for meditation. 
and you don't have to spend money on something like that. But if you want to, I'll put a link in the show notes. It is so incredible. So it's got red and blue light in the ears and then blue lights that flicker over the eyes and it helps to change your brain state. And if you struggle with meditation, it makes it very easy. And within like three minutes, I even forget that I'm meditating. My aura ring will register it as restorative time. And that is something that they recommend doing two or three times a day. And that might seem like a lot because most tracks are around 20 minutes. I find myself so much more grounded pleasant and present and articulate when that's something that I implement. So that is a really cool tool, but it doesn't have to cost anything. You can just sit there and something that can be helpful too is to do a brain dump right before meditating. So if you have all these thoughts in your head, just write things down and then just sit. And if something comes up, oh, I love this and I don't take credit for it, but I heard once somewhere, think of it like a cloud, you know, think of your thoughts like clouds. And whenever you have a thought come up, you can like imagine that there's a cloud around it and just watch it float away. Or if you're someone who's on their phone a lot like me, then think about it like a notification popping up and you just swipe it away. You're like, all right, there's a thought and I'm gonna swipe it away, swipe it away. I find that after meditation, I feel so much more creative and it's free. You're never gonna see a billboard for meditation unless it's like a paid app or something. So. Even if you don't like the thought of meditation, being um, intentional with our breath, and like I said, longer exhales and inhales is really powerful. And it's hard for us to think and focus when it's like mental ping pong up here. As far as, this is one of my favorite strategies and it is the Pomodoro method. So the way that that works is, there is research that shows when we, when we focus for 25 minutes that that is the sweet spot. So 25 minutes on, five minute break. I literally set a timer and four rounds of that is a Pomodoro method or the Pomodoro technique as some call it. So 25 minutes on, five minute break. 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 And that's just enough time to get a sizable chunk of work done, but not so much that it feels overwhelming. For example, Whenever it's laundry day, I put everything away for the week and I'm like, oh man, this is a lot. And I really don't want to, but once I get started and in a rhythm, it's not so bad. So it kind of gamifies it and makes it fun. So I really love the Pomodoro method for studying, for getting work done, tasks around the house, anything. Highly recommend, especially if you struggle with getting started. That is a great tool, also free. Minimizing distractions is also very important because let's say I'm at home and I have a basket of laundry or clutter nearby. Then I'm thinking about all the other things that I need to do. And in 2020, a lot of people said it was harder for them to get work done. They thought it would be easier because they're at home, but they're just all of these distractions. So minimizing distractions, even if that means going to a coffee shop or somewhere where your only job is to get work done, I found that to be very helpful. In college, I would always go to the library instead of studying at home because when I'm at home, I'm not in study mode, I'm in chill mode. So that's very important. And then also staying organized. Huge fan of making a list. I like bulleted lists and I, make, I break it down into as many small things as possible and it gives me a sense of satisfaction when I check it off. I like to color code things. I have all different sorts of pens. 
So whenever I'm taking notes, I'll switch up the colors. And I also find that when I'm learning, if I write something down, it, for whatever reason, helps me more than when I type it. So those are the things that helped me. But I just want to be real about the person that I became after many years of Adderall. Um, I didn't recognize myself. I, it like makes me so sad. My eyes were dark. They were hollow. Um, and it's not even something I could address with under eye filler. Um, you could just see in my soul, I had just become a shell of a human and I was jacked up so tense and it's just, I feel sad for that version of myself. I'm not saying that everyone that takes it has that experience, but I didn't recognize myself and I just was so irritable and I'm grateful that I learned to, to live without it. I will say that there was an adjustment period and it was hard. So I was exhausted. So if it gave me more energy, it took away my energy. If it helped me stay up, I was sleeping like crazy. If it suppressed my appetite, then I was eating everything. So my weight is now very stable and that should not be the reason that we take Adderall. If it's truly something that you feel the pros outweigh the cons and your doctor agrees for getting work done, great, but why are we having trouble focusing to begin with? And I did drop out of high school and mm, I didn't really let that mean that I wasn't intelligent, but I didn't love what I was doing. So are you doing a bunch of things that you don't love? Are you just going through the motions in life? And if we have to drug ourselves to just get through it, I don't know. Is there another career path? What really lights you up? And sometimes we're saying yes to things we don't really want to do. And so we have to medicate or pre-medicate ourselves. Some people do that with alcohol. And listen, once again, not here to judge, but I just feel so much more present and my health is everything. I noticed also uh, huge pupils. I noticed that my ears would get red. I noticed that my feet would turn purple and my heart was often just like racing out of my chest. So letting go of that substance was one of the best things that I ever did. And there are a lot of different practitioners and doctors that can help you work through it. And it's, it is an adjustment, but it's so worth it on the other side. And I needed to hear that because I, I thought, Hey, if it's this bad while I'm taking the medicine, how am I going to focus without it? But just know that it's not forever. It takes time for our brain and our neurotransmitters and everything to balance out. But that's where functional testing can really help us see what's right for us. So, you know, in wrapping up, I will say high quality nutrition, sleep, the right supplementation for you, a circadian lifestyle, and really being present and not looking at our phone the first 30 minutes of the day. See how that affects your mood, your energy, and your concentration. So those were some things that I learned and yeah, I don't recognize the version of myself even from the inside. I know I've changed my shell, whatever. Um, but I'm talking about like who I am, how I treat myself. And I really thought that that drug made me better. That medication made me better. And like I said, I was prescribed. It wasn't something that I wasn't allowed to take, but I don't think that it was serving me. And I think we recently just had an Adderall shortage. So yeah, if it can be taken at any point, what are other options? 
And one last thing I want to mention is nootropics. So technically, Adderall is a nootropic. A nootropic is a smart drug. There are some that are healthier than others, like ginkgo biloba, and others like Adderall, not so much. So exploring nootropics and finding some that are appropriate for you, obviously with medical supervision, is another thing to look into. There's a company called Take Thesis, and those were the nootropics that I took for a while. I don't take anything anymore. I don't even drink coffee, my mouth, not often anymore. And I feel that sleep is the biggest thing that helps my mood, my energy, my cognition. So yeah, have you ever taken Adderall? And do you feel that the pros outweigh the cons? Do you feel as though it helped you in the beginning, but then you just needed more and then you were back to where you started and then taking it just to not feel crappy? And if you are on it, do you have any fears of coming off of it? So once again, not here to judge. I just wanted to share my story, but six years. And also I am vain AF and I don't want to age myself prematurely. So all of these lifestyle factors that I mentioned help me not only focus, but it helps with being as radiant on the outside as possible. And yeah, I just feel like I can better connect with people. Those substances made me more social, but I don't know that I was actually listening to people more. So that's what I learned. I hope that this podcast added some value to your life and that you learned something. So if you listen, um, please repost on iTunes or Spotify and tag me, share your thoughts. And if it's on YouTube, there's a lot more room for you just to leave comments. And I'd love to hear from you all. I know this is a controversial topic. Most of the topics I discuss are controversial, but it's something we need to talk about without shaming anybody, without telling people how to live their lives. I just think storytelling is very powerful and I hope that mine helped you. Thank you for listening to the High Maintenance Hippie podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it and leave a review, ideally a five-star review if you loved it. All of this is free of charge and really helps me to be able to run the podcast. If you take a screenshot and tag me, I'll repost you and shout you out on Instagram. So tag Ashley Taylor Wellness and High Maintenance Hippie Podcast. If you have any feedback or guests that you'd like to have, I would love to hear from you so that I'm not just talking at you. I really want to deliver things that are valuable. So send me an email with any feedback, suggestions, or ideas for guests at ashley at ashleytaylorwellness.com. And I will leave you with a disclaimer. Please know that this is not medical advice or a replacement for seeking medical care. Everything discussed on this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. Always consult with your medical provider before making any changes. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.